it's interesting kind of how uh, we have the sales community. It's a community of, uh, you know, CROs and others, uh, CEOs and you know, tech sales folks. But it'd be interesting for you to think about, you know, having a community of kind of that, that segment of people. So just kind of somewhere where they can come together, they can ask questions, answer questions, have different levels of engagement, and then kind of supported by Field Pulse. That could be an interesting thing. You yeah, know, definitely. So there's food for thought. Um, so uh, how do you how do you get leads? How do you sell? Yeah. So um, interestingly, probably ninety ninety five percent of our business actually comes inbound right now. Um, you serious? So your your reps? Yeah. So your sales team is just following up on people that are <laughs> interested. Yeah, they. Uh, it's a pretty pretty. It's a pretty warm leads. Yeah, we joke to them that, and uh, that they're a little bit spoiled. Um, so we're, we're we're actually shifting it a bit. So um, we have an SDR team now, um, and and we've had it, but we've we've expanded it and changed how they operate and and, and grown it. Um, and but the difference for us in the last several months, especially on the AE side, is the expectation around um, doing outbound themselves, so that they're not just um, taking everything inbound, but they're meeting at least part of their quota outbound. Mm. Um, and so that's a huge shift in narrative for us where we're pushing on. Um, and we tell them, Hey, look, um, we've in the last few months doubled the number of AEs we've had and, uh, we're growing leads and we're growing our number of leads. We're getting month over month. Um, but if it's not going to keep up with the amount of a hiring we're doing, um, and we, we make sure to keep a very delicate balance. So we're not putting anything out of control to the point where people can't hit quota because internally for us, it's very important that every a can definitely hit quota with what they're provided. Um, and we have people that are completely blowing out quota as well. Um, but we're, we're monitoring a very close balance of, um, how many inbound you get and how many you need to get to quota and starting with, okay, right now we're saying you need to fill 5% of your quota approximately. That's how we're doing the math when we break it down outbound, uh, which is still very little, but, um, and then that's going to grow. That's going to become 10%. And then that's going to become 15 right. and that's going to become 20. Uh, but a lot of people I talk to, they think, um, wow, that's nuts. Uh, I'd have to do 50% of mine outbound, but for us, um, not only do we get a very healthy inbound dosage, but, um, we have to get there. We don't want to all of a sudden flip the switch and say, everyone has to yeah. cover 50% outbound. Uh, cause then we're going to set up our team for failure and we don't want to do that. It's impo very important for us that our sales team makes money. Um, cause at the end of the day, um, we want people who blow it out. We want them to make a lot of money and that ultimately makes recruiting a lot easier if we can point to, Hey, look, average AE is making this, um, top AE is doing this, this amount are hitting quota. Because I think that's one of the big issues in sales hiring in general is that uh, people post uh, OT of 300K, right. and but no one's hitting it, right? right. Um, so what's the degree of difficulty? And we do, I've got a recruiting yeah. business, top talent recruiting. So there's all the OT, this company's higher. I'm like, okay, but... If it's you know achieve, if achievable and beatable at this company, and it's a lower OTE, and you can overachieve, do the math. You're gonna you're gonna make a lot more money. But oh, yeah. you know, it's like people that say, "Geez, I'm getting whatever, ten thousand stock options at this place, and another place I'm getting you know a hundred hundred shares." You know, 
they think the 10,000 is more. Well, you got to peel back the onion. You don't even know the price. What does it really mean? Yeah, just, yeah, crazy. So with the, um, so I, I grew up in the world where kind of making money, W-2, I've got, you know, friends, we do W-2s at the quarterly meetings and kind of things like that. Um, but kind of culturally, kind of this day and age, it's not just about the money. It's kind of, you know, what are you doing kind of culturally, kind of with the company, with, with the environment as well, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a, a big part for us. Um, we're pretty much in office every day. Um, I definitely am. I encourage everyone to do. Um, it, it, it goes a little bit down to the individual manager of their department and their team. Uh, but most people are in every day. Um, and that's not for everyone, right? Um, and if that's not for you, uh, then this isn't the right place for you either. And some people are 100% uh, remote focused only. Um, and so they look at us and probably like, Oh, that's ridiculous, but that's fine. That's, that, uh, doesn't have to be for you. But I think, uh, my perspective is you spend a lot of your time working in your life. Um, you should enjoy what you do. You should enjoy your environment, who you're with. Yeah. Um, I obviously had to spend a lot of time at home during COVID working. Um, and, I needed more exposure to people and the team and your right. friends that you make there. And the other part I've realized just as, as you get older, um, you, you often start seeing your friends a little less and less, maybe not you guys in gray Oaks where you guys go play tennis and pickleball and golf with each other at, uh, <laughs> at that. But, uh, at my age, you start seeing them less and less and, uh, your friends end up being in your office, right? Who you see every yeah. day. And it, it's important part of, your life and, and what you make it. And uh, I think that's important to me and what we do at Field Pulse. Um, but again, that's not for everyone. And, yeah. but I think a lot of the people at the company that is the case and they like being in, they like being with their friends and team members. And, um, and I think some people have a little bit of a, a FOMO when they're not in because others are in right. um, and it creates a, a good dynamic and it makes it makes the, the job, to the company less transactional um, uh, for better or worse. That's great. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of setting the table, which I'd be in violent agreement with, which is kind of counterintuitive to some of the goofy culture things these days, which is, okay, we want you in the office. We want you to be working. We want you to interact and we're going to pay you well. And that should motivate you. If that doesn't motivate you, this is not the place for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I and mean, there, there are right. companies that are now fully remote. Um, and yeah. that's just great. Just about people, the mental right? health issue, right? Well, I mean, a whole bunch of different things, but they're not training, they're not learning, they're not the friends, the, you know, mental health, the bubble, like all this is just like, just crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At least for me. And, uh, yeah. and it really depends on the person, but I know a lot of people, um, they don't even realize it, but I think they're, they would be a lot happier being in the right environment every day than alone at home right. every day. Totally. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, you get, get, get lazy and lethargic and it's unbelievable. <laughs> so then speaking of which, do you have uh, AE openings now? Are you hiring? Yes, um, we are. And the way we look at it, so not only are we specifically hiring for the AE role, but um, especially in the sales team, and we've talked about this internally, we said, hey, especially with the current environment and there being a lot of layoffs, um, if we can find superstar talent, we will make room for them. Right. Um, and that worked for us actually well during COVID. So, um, so we're fortunate to be in an, in an industry that's not hit as hard economically. 
uh, because HVAC plumbing electrical companies are still, yeah, they're still doing when, when you're, when it's in Texas, it's 105 degrees out and your AC goes out, um, you'll find a way to get it fixed. Right. Um, and so, so they, they are essential like during COVID. And so we, um, we're continuing to grow and grow faster and sell more and more every month. Um, and we're very fortunate to be in that position because I know some markets have kind of shut off buying, uh, which obviously makes it very difficult. But for us, even looking back to COVID, um, it's the layoffs we view uh, as unfortunate they are as a great opportunity to find a lot of great talent that is on the market now. Um, and so we're saying, hey, we need to be looking if we find even if we if even if we're not saying, hey, we we have a slot right now. Um, we want to make space for, um, a, a superstar because we know we'll eventually need it. Um, and if we can find them earlier, that's even better. Awesome. So when you're going after somebody that has been impacted by layoffs, how do you kind of peel back the onion to say, to figure out, you know, were they laid off because of performance and they're kind of, you know, hiding that fact or they're legit laid off? That's a good question. And, uh, I think that's one of the very interesting dynamics that we've talked about. Hiring is very difficult. Um, people will say what they want to say um, right. and what spins in the most positive light for them. Um, and uh, you have to dig in a little. Um, we've had some people actually give us just straight up proof. Uh, we've had some people literally take screenshots of um, like their performance um and show us like look this is how i performed otherwise you're you're kind of taking their word at it and you need to dig in a little deeper or yeah. look at maybe the company but um but yeah I, I would imagine some people probably hide behind uh if they were let go they're hiding behind kind of the layoff aspect which is a little different um but uh, i think that comes down to hiring in general um I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any means on hiring yet, but we're continuously looking, how do we improve our success rate? What are the things we need to really dig in to prove that's right? Another big thing for me personally in hiring, um, I love referrals from people I know that have worked with them before. That is my number one. Um, So in fact, the last, um, the last three AEs we brought on, um, all were referrals from someone that works at Field Pulse and had worked with them previously yep. or someone I trust very much so in that. Um, and that goes a long way for me. And um, sure, it's not perfect either, but um, they're putting their reputation on the line, which is yep. nice. Um, and and so what we do, we incentivize that too internally. So if, um, and I don't think it misaligns incentives where people are just trying to get referrals, yeah. but we pay, uh, I think $2,500 for a referral that we hire. Um, and so there's something in it for them too. But at the end of the day, people, we have found that when they refer someone, they really mean it because they're, they also are staking their reputation behind it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say never hire anybody unless you do a reference check with either somebody that knows them first, whether you know them firsthand or, you know, through a friend of a friend. Yeah. You can figure out absolutely. Well, so how how do you find reference checks? Because we do those, but um, obviously those can be massaged as well. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I would like so for our our recruiting business, and it's you know 
I've got maybe a more extensive network, but you figure out to say, okay, you know, one way is, you know, kind of, you know, LinkedIn. So if, it, if it's us, I'd go and look at, and we're trying to hire you or place you somewhere. I would say, okay, look, here's, here's who we're connected to. But then of those, here's the people that I know, who do you know? And especially in the sales world, usually that's, you know, you can always find somebody. I don't know as if I've ever had a situation where we've, you know, not, not been able to find somebody. Um, and you just got to kind of dig that much because it, oh, yeah. the cost of a bad hire is, is exorbitant. So, yeah. uh, and uh, Phil, thanks for asking the question. Uh, and for those, I should have said before, for those watching, feel free to comment and uh, ask any other questions as well. So uh, Phil says, uh, what's the size of company that's in your sweet spot based on monthly billing? What's the range of monthly billing for your customers? And what's the average cost savings that your customers are realizing? So what we're billing them or what they make in revenue? Probably what your IC, uh, ideal customer profile company is. Yeah, for us, um, it's really service contractors between um, kind of five and 30 employees. Um, and we get larger ones too. They're just less of them in the market. Um, and there's a lot of one and two man shops too. Um, and, and we take them on, but, um, admittedly, sometimes they get lazy about implementing and, and using it because they're a single man shop. So for us, our, our best single, customers are single targeted. Person, single person shop. Is it single, yeah. man, single person? Uh, yeah, yeah. Single person shop. Um, yeah. In this industry, it is very skewed one way, but yeah, single person yeah. shop. Um, and versus a, a larger shop, they end up, um, they end up kind of being better fit customers for us if they're more than five people. That's great. And, uh, I don't know if she still has it, but Phil's wife, uh, Dana had a uh, cupcake business. So Phil, you know, maybe Phil's asking uh, for, for, for that reason. Great, great cupcakes for sure. Yeah. And then, um, I guess billing and like pricing. So, uh, we charge per user per month starts at hundred bucks for a first user. Additional users are 60. Uh, so it, it's pretty much straight dependent on the number of users. We have some add on modules, but, uh, that's kind of where we end up price point wise. How many customers do you have? If you can say uh, a couple thousand. It's awesome. So, yeah. so great. All right. So our uh, title topic is uh, sales comp from a CEO's perspective. So you've already talked about your uh, passion for making sure that the sales team can, can make money. Uh, well, one thing I was thinking about is, as you're bringing on, you know, you want to kind of focus, you've got, you know, tremendous lead gen engine. Have you thought about having any reps that are just pure kind of, I'll say net new, not doing anything off, off of the inbound? Yeah. So we do have an SDR team um, and they, they, they obviously it works. It brings in business. I think the biggest thing for us, um, is that we've actually shifted our target segment and our price point a lot in the, not only in the last year, but the last several years. Um, and, and I think this is important to understand for anyone also thinking of starting a business, um, especially if you need to be sales driven, you have to be at a deal size that makes it doable in sales. Um, so if you looked at our deal size a few years ago, and especially when I started, it just wasn't doable to have an outbound motion. It really wasn't doable um, for an AE to be hitting 
50k 70k ARR a month like it is now um and it's an interesting dynamic something I had to learn um although I was um beaten my head by that by my father Alex too um about that not physically but uh, <laughs> but, uh yeah. about how the price point needs to be higher but ultimately if you do the math of what you can bring in um it has to be at a certain price point where you can bring in enough deals to right. get a big enough return to be able to do outbound um but we weren't always there when i started this uh this is eight years ago we came in at twenty dollars a month for the first user additional users were 20 or 10 depending on the role um, and that's just not a price point you can really be doing an outbound sales motion, right? Uh, the deal sizes are just too small. There, everything has to be inbound. But the good part about that is that over the years, we've focused so much on inbound marketing that to date, it's still coming in that way. A lot of it's just word of mouth, people finding us online, whatever. Um, but now that we're in the territory where we're doing deals that are themselves, 10, 15, 20, 50 K deals, um, working some that are over hundred, 200 K. Um, it's very doable outbound obviously, but it's taken a shift in not right. only our price point, our approach, our model that we've really done in the last two years to get into that, uh, price point. But, um, I think a lot of people fall into that trap if they're maybe starting a business that they want to do outbound sales, but you have to do the numbers to see how much can you realistically bring in and can you get enough ARR to justify it? That's great. And uh, Tom Adams asks, uh, does the software also support proposal and quote management? Yes. So that's actually a big part of it. Um, so creating proposals, quotes, estimates, um, and then a layer on top of that are also sales tools, um, which is kind of interesting. So uh, a little different than probably the sales you're used to, but a lot of the sales in our customer's game is on the spot in front of the customer closing. Um, and that could be everything from, Hey, I came out to do a diagnostic on your AC system and you need this replaced and it costs this much. Or the alternative would be um, selling an entire system that costs 10 grand, but can be financed X amount and how you present it to the customer, how you propose it. But, uh, it's an interesting, it's interesting sales and obviously different than um, mostly what you and I are probably used to. Um, but there's a huge difference in the, in the sales quality among people who can do it well in this industry versus not. Because uh, I've heard people talking about superstar HVAC salespeople who bring in a million dollars in business a year and versus kind of maybe the average guy who's bringing in a fraction of that.